I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. What's the reward that he wants them to receive? He's like, I don't want you to miss out on the reward of your generosity. I don't want you to miss out on the reward of your giving. I don't want you to miss out, which means what? Let go. On the other side of your letting go is the freedom of stuff having you. On the other side of your generosity is the freedom of time holding you prisoner. On the other side of your giving is the freedom of wanting to control and hold your life in your own hands. On the other side of your giving, there is freedom and a security knowing that God is going to be the one that meets every single one of your needs. Good morning, Olive Tree Church. How are we? That was fantastic. Oh, the stool is awkwardly low. Um, um, if you don't know who I am, my name is Sia. To the guys watching online as well, my name is Sia. And I'm going to be closing off our Philippians series this morning. And I have very strategically titled this message, Don't Miss Out. So look at your neighbor and say, don't miss out. Now, if you've been on the journey with us, we've been looking at uh, Paul's incarceration and a letter that he wrote to the church in Philippi that it was among the first churches that he planted, addressing some stuff, but also not really addressing the stuff, but teaching them how to counteract the stuff that they're experiencing with how to live as, though, as those who have received the gospel and now um, outworking what it looks like in their own lives. So living out the kingdom in the midst of whatever it is that they might be experiencing, kind of similar to what you and I are experiencing right now. Um, And I'm going to unpack in Philippians 4 from verse 10. Uh, We're going to look at it together. And at the end of this message, I don't have any doubt in my mind that you will be encouraged. Amen? You will be encouraged at the end of this message uh, to... So, I'm going to read Philippians 4, and then I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to jump right in. Philippians 4, verse 10 says this, How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, whether with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And just on that verse alone, we could just stop and unpack that. But he continues on and he says this, Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave, gave, uh, gave me financially, um, financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, uh, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. Um, they are sweet smelling. They are a sweet smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this space this morning. 
We say, can we speak to us? Can we encourage us? Our hearts are open to what you want to do. This prayer is very broad, but only you know each and every single person's circumstance, uh, where they're at. Um, so won't you speak into every person's life uniquely? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I don't know if you can remember a time in your life where you missed out on some stuff. I remember when I was, um, when I was younger, I would very often get sick every single time I went on tour. Every single time, without fail. I'd be fine for the first three days, and then, say so it's like a four-day tour. The night before we have to leave, I would be, I would be gone. So there was one time, uh, the grade, I think we are in grade seven, went on a tour to Babanangu uh, to go see the Isanjwana where the great war between Shaka and the British took place. Um, went to go see that place, absolutely beautiful. It was rain overcast. And then like, we stayed there for a good few days. And then the night before we're going to leave, um, they're going to play Stalk the Lantern in the dark. Oh, listen to me. Your boy was frothing the whole week. Like, I could not wait for that, um, for that evening. And then the, that day, that Thursday, I think it was a Thursday, I was like hunkering over a toilet kind of sick. You know what I'm saying? I was just terribly sick. And then everyone comes back, oh my gosh, this and that. While I was left by myself at the camp, I heard some ruffling in the bushes. I'm like, I'm about to get taken. Um, but luckily it was a dog that just emerged. There was some, apparently there were warthogs or whatever. But um, everyone's just like excited, like, oh my gosh, you can't, I won't, can't believe you missed out on this. I'm like, I was so bleak the whole ride home, I hardly said anything. Um, and then the other time we were on a, on a rugby tour, and then again, obviously you play with guys quite a few times and you guys become friends. There was the one night before we were all going to leave, it was the traditional pillow fights with all the other teams. So they met in one of the team's dormitories. And, but obviously because I always get sick, I was lying in bed just dying. And all I could hear were just stories about, oh, and then I put a lunchbox in my pillow. And then, uh, so obviously on the inside, I was like dying. I, I, I don't like the idea of missing out so much that um, at some point, I stopped getting sick, like I was just this immune warrior. Everyone in my family, my brother, my sister, my mom, my dad, would like be in and out of hospital. And I felt like, oh, I wish I could also go to hospital. Because like, I'm missing out on the experience of just being in hospital, having hospital food, people coming to like, see you. But um, there was this thing of like, I just don't want to miss out because of what lay on the other side of me engaging in whatever activity that I get to engage in. Either it's for a great experience, it's for my betterment as a person. Um, even now, like we, we say FOMO, because like we have a fear of missing out, because when we get to experience that thing, it does something within you. It does a good thing within you. Whether hanging out with mates, planning a trip overseas, or planning a holiday vacation with your family. But there's a thing that we don't want to miss out. Now, I'm going to speak quite honestly right now, and that I think that there's something that we're missing out on, that we kind of have to be honest about where we're at first to be able to get to a point of not missing out on what it is. So, like, the reality is, if we're all willing to be honest, is that the past two years have quite honestly taught us to ration a whole lot of stuff. I'm going to ration my time. I'm going to ration my effort. 
I'm going to ration my engagement. I'm going to ration, just cut off. Because as Craig said, the energy that we have to meet the needs of life are just, is just so much lower. I'm going to ration my finances. I'm just going to ration everything. The scariest of those, I'm going to ration my faith. I'm just going to budget just so I can make it through. Now, trust me, you are not alone in this room. If you feel like that, you are not alone, and it's not your fault. Things have been difficult, and that if anyone can understand and relate, it's me. Things have been unbelievably difficult. But that, as um, Shane spoke about how when we ration and we cut off, and we like, okay, this is, I just, I just need me, I just need this time, I just need this, I just need everything else I'm going to say no to just so I could make it through. When we do that, unfortunately, we put ourselves in a position where we're controlling our own lives, and that just only leads to more anxiety because we are not God, unfortunately. Fortunately. <laughs> we are not God. We are, our hands aren't that capable to create the destiny, the future, the, the greatness that we want for ourselves. We actually need to get to a point of letting go and trusting him. So this morning, I don't want you to miss out on what lays on the other side of letting go of whatever it is that you're rationing. But I'm going to speak into finances this morning, which is a very difficult subject and a very sensitive subject in church. But I don't think that it has to be. Because I want to start looking at Paul's response to the Philippians generosity and then get to a point of looking at uh, the Philippians response to his need, and then his response to their generosity. Okay? Couple of points, and we're going to get out of here have a good time. Amen? Now, when I preach, you guys know you can say three things. Number one, you can say preach it. You can say ride that bus, or you can say amen. Don't say amen for every single thing. Then that just like, I mean, there's no potency in like saying the. Amen. What? Like, we will look at you funny. Um, <laughs> So Paul writes this. First of all now, let's just understand where the Philippians are at. They're under quite a significant amount of Roman oppression and rules and regulations of how you should live your life. And yet, in response to Paul's need, they still chose to give. And not just give a little. They gave generously. Now Paul's response to their generosity is, actually, I'm content I didn't need the stuff that you gave me. Am I grateful? Absolutely. But in Paul's position, he is so absolutely content in Jesus that anything else that he gets is a blessing. That if, whether his stomach is full or empty, where he has much or little, I am absolutely content. That position can be our starting off position. If we want to get to a point of, of not missing out on what lay on the other side of our generosity, our starting off point is my hope is in Jesus and in nothing else. It's him and nothing else. If I have him, I have enough. Actually, if I have him, I have more than enough. More than enough. Okay, fantastic. So anything else outside of Jesus is a borrowed blessing. Which means I have the opportunity to respond in the same way that the Philippians chose to. The circumstances around them will, will tell them, hold on to, keep, ration, 
don't give this thing up. But kingdom says, because it's upside down, because it's in reverse, I choose to give. Because my hope is not found in my stuff. My hope is found in Jesus. Because my stuff doesn't have me. I have stuff. But my hope, my joy, my sufficiency, my provision comes from Jesus. Paul got to that position where everything that he had was a provision from God, but the stuff that he gets doesn't have him. He just has stuff. But his heart, his hope, his everything is rooted and secured in Jesus. Which means no matter the circumstance, he's content. No matter the circumstance that you and I get to experience, we're content. Who here has Jesus in their hearts? It's okay if you don't. You won't get excluded. But I want to say to you this morning, if you have Jesus, you have more than enough. I could finish the preach right there. We could all go home. Because that is a truth that will never, ever change. But Paul has some more to say and some more for us to glean from. Because now I'm going to look at the Philippians' response to, okay, there's a need. Let, let us continue to give. More than once, I just chose to give. Even though the circumstances were saying, don't give. Hold on to. Grab a hold of. No, no, no. There's a need. These borrowed blessings are not ours. So we'll choose to give. We'll choose to give. Amen? Oh, soft amen. <laughs> are you guys still with me? Sorry, I, the, I just had to. Um, our giving can go, and I'll speak about just beyond finances now. Let's just look at our time. We've gone to a point where we just don't have time for stuff. I just need, I just need time to myself, time to recover from the week. The weekends, we disappear. This weekend, I couldn't clean my house because everyone is like, hey, Sia, I need some of your time. And that was a gift to me more than it was to them. Or within your work, it's hard to give of yourself as if unto God because I just don't have the energy to give. Your marriage, I just don't have the energy to give. You can still give of the best of yourself to your marriage. When we start in the same position that Paul started, I am content in Jesus. And that's the source that I choose to give from. Or oh, um, serving in church, two Sundays, I gotta attend one, I gotta serve one, I gotta this. I just don't, I just can't. Our bodies are living sacrifices. Okay, I, there's an opportunity for me to give. There's an opportunity for us to give this morning in more than just finances. There's giving to the needy. There was the weird day when we had uh, six, seven minutes that we got to give of ourselves. We can give left, right, and center. The pandemic taught us to hold on to 
But I want to break that now. Because our security, our hope, and our provision comes from Jesus. Our, his, uh, what is Paul saying? For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Okay, fantastic. If that's my starting position, that I can do everything, instead of rationing, I'm going to give. Obviously, I'm not saying like bleed yourself dry, but give. And here's why. He says this in Philippians. Seventeen. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. Okay, fantastic. I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. What is that reward? What's the reward that he wants them to receive? He's like, I don't want you to miss out on the reward of your generosity. I don't want you to miss out on the reward of your giving. I don't want you to miss out, which means what? Let go. Just let go. On the other side of you letting go is the freedom of stuff having you. On the other side of your generosity is the freedom of time holding you prisoner. On the other side of your giving is the freedom of uh, this wanting to control and hold your life within your own hands. On the other side of your giving, there is freedom and a security knowing that God is going to be the one that meets every single one of your needs. Paul is saying, don't miss out. Don't miss out. And if I know my God, he is a generous giver. So if he's going to give me a reward at the, on the other side of my generosity, oh wow, that makes life so much more free. Because I can just give, knowing that whatever I need will come from him. That's freeing. There's a weight that's removed off my shoulder. I, can't, I don't have to worry. I don't have to try too hard. I don't have to try and control. I don't have to try and ration. I can just live a life of generosity. Generous with my time. Generous with my effort. Generous with my mind. Just generous, continuously giving of myself, knowing that whatever I need, the strength that I need to do the things that he has put me on this earth to do, he will supply and supply generously. Okay. It sounds so simple. Now, when you say it like that, hey. And yet so difficult to do. Because here's why I don't want this to be like a not understanding your circumstance. Life is life. There was a period where I stopped training for two months because, hey, life was having a field day with your boy. I was just going through the most and I just didn't have the mental energy, the strength, nothing to just get up and go train, get up and go do the things that I want to do because life is life. But as soon as I got peace in my heart, let me tell you, the very next day, jumped right back on my routine without hesitation. When that reward sits deep into your spirit, your response to that is, I have all I need from within myself that he has put within me. Anything external, that's cool. But I don't need it. 
It's cool, but I don't need it because I am content in him. I am content in him. The reward that you and I get to get gain from giving, from our generosity, is the freedom, but also we get to look a whole lot more like Jesus. Who had a complete and utter dependence on his father right up until the end. He didn't need stuff. He didn't need anything, but he gave even of his life so you and I could have a relationship with him. Our lives get to look like that. When we choose to get to a point of giving, knowing deep within our spirits that when we give, he is going to meet all of our needs. When we give, we gain a reward on the other side, a freedom, a peace that surpasses all understanding. But we need to let go so we don't miss out. Life is still going to scream what you hold on to. Let go so you don't miss out. Because Philippians 19 says this, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs from his glorious riches who have been given to us in Christ Jesus. He will supply all of your needs. God is going to take care of you. Do you trust him to? Do we trust him to? Because I think when life screams the loudest, our trust needs to be at its highest. We just need to trust that he is going to take care of us in the same way that he took care of Paul. When it sometimes, and that's what I mean by rationing, is that we get to a point of giving and we look at what's going to be left over once we've given. Is will I have enough to make it through? If I give of this thing, will I have enough for myself? If I give of this thing, will I have enough left over? This morning, I want to encourage us to let go of that thinking because we have a God who is more than enough. And his provision is more than enough because he can do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ever ask, dream, or imagine. Okay, so if you can exceed my own imagination, even if I thought my thinking and my trying would give me enough, he can beat that. So if we do simple maths, I get, let's give it all. <laughs> but we get to that point of like, if God can give me more than enough, then my enough is infinitesimal compared to his enough. He's more than enough. This kind of thinking, I think, leads us to a point of freedom. We get to live free lives unattached to things because we have a Savior that lives within our hearts. He's going to take care of you. These words that Paul is saying now aren't just his, his words. But Jesus himself has taught about this idea of rewards. 
then when you and I choose to give, there's a reward on the other side of that. So when he started his ministry, he called the first few disciples. Um, he, you guys have heard of the Sermon on the Mount? Teaching about the, teaching about the kingdom of God. Basically just shaking things up. It's like, oh, okay, I've arrived. Let's just cause a disturbance. Um, obviously, like contrary to everything that the, the people had heard from the Pharisees, like, oh, here's, here are the rules and the laws, da da da, da. Okay, let me, let's just, yeah, you think that means that, but actually this means this. Like he gives Matthew 6, where he teaches about, about worrying, about giving, about etc. Um, but he says this in Matthew 6, verse 1 to 4. And he speaks about giving to the needy. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. When you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that, you are, uh, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So when we give, we're not giving, so I'm going to give so I can get. That's what it means when you, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So it means I'm not giving so I can get. It's like just give, not knowing what's going to happen on the other side of that, like am I going to make it, whatever. Trust God, just give. Just trust God and just give. He will reward you. So hide your other hand. Give with the one, continue living your life, trusting that he will meet your needs. And he says this in Matthew 6.19, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Here's what he's saying. Don't worry about hoarding stuff. That doesn't matter in the bigger scheme of things. Give it away. I mean, I mean, live, but where you can give, give. It says, store up your treasure in heaven. How do you and I do that? We live lives where the things that you and I are doing are gaining us rewards and riches from heaven. I'm going to unpack that in the next verse. But it's saying, live a life in such a way that you are not dependent on stuff here on earth but you're dependent on stuff from heaven. First of all, being him. My dependency is on Jesus and nothing else. So which means I want to live as he did. I want to give as he did. And just trust that the rest, he's going to take care of me. He's going to take care of me. In a financial crunch, I'm still going to continue to give. You know, in the moments where it seems like I have no time, I'm still going to continue to give because what lay on the other side of that, I don't want to miss out on. I don't know what that is. I can't say, oh, yeah, here's your exact thing that you'll get from heaven. That's unique and specific to you. But there is a reward. Are you guys still with me? Still having a good time? Encouraged? Fantastic. Now, you've got to understand that Paul is not saying this stuff just for the sake of tickling the Philippians' ears or their eyes because they'd be reading it, obviously. Um, 
But what he's trying to instill within them is living in such a way that whether you're in the valley, your hope is in Jesus. Whether you're in the mountaintop, your hope is in Jesus. Whether you have a lot, your hope is in Jesus. Whether you have a little, your hope is in Jesus. Which means, essentially, your job, my job, our jobs, is to be faithful with the stuff he's placed in our hands. Anything beyond that is not up to us. It's up to God. Don't let stuff have you. That's what he's saying. Don't let stuff have you. And Jesus confirms this himself when he says in the book of Luke 16, verse 10, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy with worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you're not faithful with one another or with other, um, other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? Now, sometimes when we read verses like that, oh my gosh, the church is guilt-tripping me. Not really. Sometimes the truth is the truth. Like, Jesus gives you no option, essentially. He doesn't say, come follow me, or, I mean, if you feel like it, or uh, AB, or he just says, come follow me. Either you're in or you're out. That's not a manipulation. It just, it is or it isn't. The world says, hey, here's this, and here's that, and here's this, and here's that. Okay, I can give this, I can give that. Okay, no, I can put this away, I can stack this up. No, no, no. With Jesus, it's either this or that. Either you're faithful or you're not. Either you serve or you don't. Either you're in or you're out. You either follow or you don't. He doesn't give us much options, hey? Sometimes the truth hurts as much as this thing hurts. But for me, I don't, I'm not hurt by this scripture. If anything, I'm encouraged. So if my responsibility is just to be faithful, that's a pressure, that's a load off of my shoulders. Because if I'm just trusted with this little and not have to worry about what this is going to look like in 15 years, like what my plan is, whatever, yes, I have an idea of like how to steward this thing well. But if I'm going to be faithful, that's my job, stewardship. Sometimes uh, I go for walks. No, I don't sometimes go for walks. I go for walks all the time. But sometimes on those walks, uh, I like I pray and I talk to God and I like, I laugh at my own prayer. Hey God, yes, I need this and I need that. And can you just, and this, and this, that. And then at the end of it all, I'm just like, <laughs> you must be laughing with me because you're not a waiter in heaven just wanting to meet all of my needs. Like just, okay, okay, yeah, got it, got it, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> Eventually, I just get to a point of, as much as I want all of these things, and they would be a nice thing to have, you've placed me at Olive Tree Church at such a time as this, entrusting me with the young adults, and the evening service, how I'm going to live beyond that is not up to me. My job is to be faithful with the stuff that you've placed in my hands. I would want a nice life like anybody else, but if my life went sideways, but I was still just faithful, I'd rather choose that. I literally get to a point of just saying, this is nice stuff, and it'd be cool to have, 
but teach me to be faithful. Teach me to be faithful. Because I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm going to get these true riches from heaven. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm going to get these true riches from heaven, which means that he needs to trust me with the little that I have now. So here's what I get to do. I get to give. Because when I give stuff for his kingdom, I never, ever sow in vain. I don't have to ration stuff when it comes to the kingdom. Because he can meet all of my needs according to his glorious riches. I'm sorry, but compare riches, he wins. He wins. So do I trust him enough? Am I content in him enough to live a life where I give generously? Trusting that there will be a reward. What and how that looks like doesn't matter. I'm content in Jesus. I'm going to live a life of giving. My right hand won't know what my left hand, my right hand won't know what my left hand is doing. I'm just going to give. And my Father in heaven who sees what is done in secret will reward. And if all of this sounds daunting, here's a simple application to this message. Start small. Whatever small step you can take from this day forth, Take it. If 10% is seeming like too much, start with two. Because you're teaching your heart to not be so attached to the stuff, but to trust your Savior. If I'm already giving 10%, oh, well, there's this thing called an offering which goes over and above. Start small there. With your time, instead of canceling plans and not going to things, you can do all things through him who is your strength. If you're content in him, you can give a little bit more time to friends and family. You can give a little bit more effort and whatever to the needy. You can give a little bit more attention to your children. You can give a little bit more time to your spouse. You can give a little bit more. Just start small. And where you can, just bump it up a little bit more. Actually, this isn't, I can trust him a whole lot more than that. Okay, 5%. Okay, I can give an extra 30 minutes here. Okay, I can give an extra hour here. Okay, I can actually borrow this person in my car. My mom, and I'm going to close with the story, is, uh, she is phenomenal. Like, when it comes to this stuff, let me tell you, she is, um, so she got saved when I was about in grade 12 or grade 11. No, grade 12, somewhere in grade 12. And from that, I've watched her evolve as a person who just utterly trusts God. So, like, I'll send her some money, um, and the first thing she says is, I'm so grateful, thank you, my son, let me go tithe. Her car? Not hers. Oh, someone in church needs it? Here, use my car. Oh, someone in church is in need? I have a spare room. Whenever I go there, there's always someone in the house like, hey, this person is here. Don't mind them. They just need the situation with this or other. Okay, cool, mom. But she's gotten to a point of just, it's Jesus and nothing else. The house is nice, but I don't care about the house. If I have to give this out and, and live off of a little, 
Like there was a point in my car was just giving me the worst kind of trouble. She's like, okay, take mine. I'll just walk to the taxi and, and take a taxi to work. I was like, okay, no, first of all. But do you see how much she's just like, doesn't care about stuff? Like she, I just marvel at how much she just trusts in God in everything that she does. Sometimes she'll say like, hey, I'm going to give here, but I don't know I'm going to make it to the end of the month, but I've got to give this. I can't not. She is phenomenal. That freedom is freely accessible to all of us in this room or watching online. Be content in Jesus. Trust that he will meet your need and live a life of generosity and watch as he does. There is reward on the other side of your generosity. Let go and don't miss out. And Ross is coming up. That was beautiful. We, we wrap up the book of Philippians with this. And um, I pray that this series has got you into the Bible. We have a devotion that if you feel like you missed out on the series, you can go through. Um, but I had a, the reason I got up is I had a word for one person. And, and sometimes you just stop a service for one person. I felt like there was one person who has been coming to church, coming to God, to get your financial needs met. That's why you came. And I understand that. And I felt like for you today, God said, come and get your spiritual needs met. Let me take care of your financial needs. Come after your spiritual needs. Trade. Let go of the money. Grab onto the spirit. And you'll be free. So may God fill you with freedom and peace and joy and love. And may finances follow, that your kingdom may be established, Jesus. I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.